Welcome to our third podcast episode. You're here with Thea and Layla, and today we are discussing healing trauma, how healing can change your life, and how powerful shadow work and inner child work is in the healing journey. Awesome. I'm excited to hop into it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of got a bit of a question for you, kind of just a segue into the topic, because I am really curious for your answer on this um was there like a defining moment for you when you kind of realized oh crap like stuff from the past does still have a hold on me yeah for sure so I think I kind of convinced myself that I had come to terms with a lot of stuff that had happened earlier in my life and then through COVID having to go through such a long period of just intense isolation Mm-hmm. I was kind of forced to like really look within that stuff and it all kind of came back up and I was like oh you know what <laughs> not actually healed from this I do need to look more and I've just actually been suppressing it and I just kind of decided to myself oh no I'm healed that's fine when in actuality those things were still affecting me in different ways So yeah, I feel like that was my defining moment and a defining moment for a lot of people because that period of time, you really, you really just had yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I had a really similar experience um, as you there with the COVID stuff. I think for me, it, it took a lot for me to flip the switch to healing from just sitting with things. I think that I had to get to a pretty low point before I realized like I do have stuff that I clearly need to face that I've been suppressing Um, and COVID. Yeah. Same here. That isolation and the time in solitude definitely did that for me as well. Mm -hmm. So then from that moment, did you, how did you kind of get into healing? Did you go to therapy or was it more of a gradual, gradual thing? Um, I think when I first started kind of realizing I, I've been through a lot and there is a lot of stuff that I have to work through. I Initially, I was pretty hesitant with therapy. I had before, honestly, before acknowledging that there was stuff I needed to work through from my past, I had started therapy. Um, and it was more just to talk about what was going on in my life at the time. Um, and I think what I found through doing that, I kind of had a bad experience with therapy in that sense, because I didn't really know what I needed out of it. Um, yeah. And my therapist wasn't someone that was necessarily well matched to me. And, and it didn't benefit me too much. So I actually stopped doing therapy. And then that was before COVID, I had been doing it. Um, and when I first realized, okay, like maybe it's not just stuff that's going on now, there's a lot more to it that I need to deal with. Um, I think I started watching a lot of podcasts and reading certain books. Um, I really got into writing for a long period of time where I'd kind of just put everything out on paper so I could put things into perspective for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and eventually that turned more into talking to people that were close to me about stuff um, and eventually has progressed to therapy for sure. But I think initially when I got into it, it was more just talking to close friends and putting things out on paper and stuff like that. What about you? What was your kind of first step towards healing that you took during that process? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you kind of put it well that it really is a journey. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. You don't just kind of wake up and decide like, okay, let's completely better myself and decide to look, you know, I think some people have those revelations, but I think it takes, it takes such a long period of time that I think I had a very similar experience to you in the sense that, yes, I had gone to therapy before, but it didn't work for me um, before that period of time, not, not super well, at least. Mm -hmm. And I had some different therapists, but I just didn't seem to find one that really clicked. And then through that time, I did slowly try and open up to people more and stuff, which I had really struggled with. I was really just such a closed book. And then kind of through doing that and again, journaling, doing different exercises and being okay with even talking about things to myself was Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, you know what? I can open up. And I ended up finding an amazing therapist whom which I still talk to on and off now. And we do meditative work and stuff that is just really beautiful because now I am at a good headspace. Mm-hmm. So I think for everyone, it is such a journey of figuring it out. And what I'd like to say is to really not give up on therapy. I think we've had that, that conversation before. Yeah. Was I think a lot of people have, not necessarily the best experiences with it and then get very turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to keep it up because you have to find someone that personality wise you get along with that you feel comfortable with, you know, I recommend someone that's kind of in your age group a bit, you know, so then you feel a bit more comfortable as well. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it takes time and you want someone that has similar perspective with you, you know, like my therapist now is, has a super spiritual, uh, perspective on things and that's what I love about it so much. So, so you really, it's, it's tailored to the individual. hundred percent. Yeah. We, we've talked about that a lot and I think it is so true. So many people just give up on it after one bad experience and I think an important thing that people should take into account when approaching therapy and trying it out for the first time or trying it again when they've had a bad experience in the past is do your research prior to looking for a therapist. Like, look into the people that you're trying to go see and look at what they specialize in, read some stuff on them about like their approach to things and kind of get an idea of who they are before you go into it. And don't be afraid too if you go to a session with someone and you don't like it to not yeah. see them again. Like it is yeah. okay to like not be comfortable with someone and want to see someone else. And I think it's also really important to go into it with a clear like idea of what you need from it. And if you don't know what that is and you just know you need to talk to someone, go into it and be like, I know that there's stuff that I don't know how to deal with, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. I don't really know what I'm trying to get out of this. I am trying to like help myself, but I don't really know where or how this works. Like be honest because they will approach things so differently based on where you're at. And it's really important to just be really clear with that stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Kind of to bring us to the next question. I'm kind of curious with, with your therapist and stuff like this um what are some like effective strategies or techniques that you've learned through therapy or through other modalities that you've 
taken on to heal from past trauma and kind of just work through some things? Mm -hmm. Well, I think first we do something specific, which in this sense, you'd kind of need someone else, but we do kind of like a guided therapy um, when we have something we really want to pinpoint. And that way we kind of go into the brain and you kind of talk to yourself in this way. And it's, and it's really interesting way because it, you get a different perspective for sure. But I think overall, some effective strategies that I've taken away from it is how a new perspective and a new set of eyes from someone who's also an adult and who obviously does this for a living can really make a massive difference. You know, maybe you don't perfectly agree with their perspective or whatever it may be. But having to shift yours a bit and get a bit more of an outside view, yeah. I think that's really, really, really powerful because I think we all need to take a second to step back. And once you can take a step back, then you can really see how things are for what they really are. What yeah. about you? Have you found any specific things that you want to share? Yeah, I think for me, one of the most powerful techniques that I've learned in the last two years probably is connecting with your inner child um, mm -hmm. and and going through the process of inner child healing and for people that have no idea what that is um, mm -hmm. what that looks like is specifically with my therapist now what we're doing is we're looking at different ages in my life and kind of pinpointing significant events um, and looking at how I felt during those times and and where I kind of lacked the parental support that I needed in certain areas and then yeah. being able to reparent myself and tell mm -hmm. myself the words that I needed to hear at that age mm -hmm. because there's so much that happens throughout your life that will get suppressed like I don't think anyone yeah. can go through life without suppressing certain things because yeah. at a young age if you're not taught how to process things and really feel the emotions when something happens that's just gonna get naturally suppressed because you don't have that knowledge and being able to go back and just look at things for me at least there's certain events that I didn't even understand like had an effect on me and mm -hmm. then talking to my therapist about these things and really just looking at it from an emotional standpoint being mm -hmm. like this is how I felt at this time this is the support I got at this time yeah so where's the gap and then going yeah. in and closing those gaps by doing deep meditations where I really go and literally have conversations with my 10 year old self my six-year-old self my five-year-old mm -hmm. self um and through that too I've done I've talked to you about this before but I've done in the past I I spent one night where I spent it's probably six hours almost it was ridiculous mm -hmm. where I essentially compiled a list of significant life events that have happened to me at different ages uh mm -hmm. and then I went in and wrote a letter to myself at each of those mm -hmm. ages telling myself what I needed to hear mm -hmm. and that alone was a crazy transformational experience like being able to just understand like there was a weight lifted from me hearing the things that I needed to hear at that time, but didn't hear. And 
yeah, just inner child work and looking at that. And, and a lot of people are afraid to look back. For me, I have a significant amount of time in my childhood that's like blocked memories mm-hmm. where it was so suppressed that I don't even have like any memory from that time period. And then through talking about certain things, it opens things up for me. And some of those blocks have been yeah. removed where I'm like, wow, that happened. And I didn't know that for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's crazy to to really work through things. But yeah, I think trying to take the approach of reparenting yourself and looking at these things that happened to you and just giving yourself what you needed to hear is extremely powerful. Um, and that's really beautiful that you managed to give that to yourself also. You know, I think a lot of times we look externally, but end of the day, we do have the possibility um, to heal ourselves in so many different ways that we never would have would have expected. Exactly, too. And the thing is, too, I think so many people um, have resentment towards their parents because of what they missed in their childhood. But for me, Mm -hmm. like after doing a lot of this work, it's like I don't blame my parents for anything. They did what they did may have not necessarily been what I would have done but we're different Mm -hmm. people and I can understand that and we have a different set of life experiences and we've been through different things that have made us behave different ways and I have no anger resentment anything towards my parents for any of that it's it's just like that that wasn't necessarily what I needed but at mm-hmm. a young age, we also don't really know how to express that very well. So no. I can't be mad at them when I lacked the ability to even tell them that I needed this. So mm-hmm. being able to do that now, it is, it's so true how powerful it is to be able to give that to yourself because you're kind of the only one that can, because yeah. you can't go, you can't go back and change any of the stuff that's happened. So no. you have to find a way to heal that and and come to peace with things and not let these things have such a hold on you um Mm -hmm. and I think that is a really good place to start um but yeah I'm gonna ask you another question here Mm -hmm. um I'm kind of curious about this with you how can building a support network and seeking professional help assist you in the healing journey from the past I know we've talked a bit about the professional standpoint already but I'm kind of curious on a personal level um Mm -hmm. what have you found beneficial through just being vulnerable with people in your life that are close to you Mm -hmm. well I think everyone needs support and at least to feel like you have people to go to and that support network I think it makes a huge difference and like we said before with therapy is that offers an amazing support network and sometimes that's all you need is someone to really tell you you know what it's gonna be okay you know, Mm -hmm. even if you don't, don't believe it. But I think being able to open up um, more with the people around me. So you realize it opens up this whole other door, really, because then in turn, people can open up to you, because that's really what intimate relationship is, is it's, it's a two way street. And once you open that door, naturally, the other person will as well. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. And sometimes I try and tell myself that when I feel like, oh, maybe I don't want to talk about this. Maybe I don't want to share this with someone, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm second guessing it. And I'm like, no, this is what 
an intimate relationship holds. And this involves any type of relationship, you know, friendship, relationship, whatever it yep. may be. Um, and so I think that becomes just increasingly powerful that you see over time that the more you open up, the deeper your relationships get around you. Have you experienced the same? Yeah, I definitely, definitely have for sure. I think that it's kind of crazy for me looking back at certain things just in like high school, for instance, and prior, I think from like a really young age up until high school, I had the same group of friends and we were really Mm -hmm. close. Like we knew each other, but like, and we had the ability to talk about the hard stuff, like from a pretty young age, me and two of my childhood best friends, all of us, our parents all got divorced at the same time. And we Mm kind of all went through that together. So I think that built a foundation for us to be able to talk about things from a pretty young age. But once you get to a point where you gain more awareness of the world and and what life is, Mm -hmm. it it's a completely different thing. Because going into high school, I would say I there are still a lot of people we knew each other from high school, and there's a lot of other people that I am really close with and did develop a deeper relationship with but I think most of those relationships were formed later like probably after high school I think that period of time for me was one of um a lot of self-discovery and also just Mm -hmm. I was very hyper aware of uh, like judgment and other people's opinions so I held a lot back because I was protecting myself um, yeah. But yeah. After getting out of high school and kind of stepping away from certain relationships and just deepening others, I definitely noticed just what you said is that the more vulnerable you can be with a person, the more vulnerable they'll be with you. And I think yeah. now I have a really easy time telling people things. I think even sometimes mm-hmm. I'll tell people I don't know very well shit and they're kind of like, mm-hmm. wow, you can just <laughs> say that out loud to me. I've known yeah. you for five minutes. And and it's just for me now, it's like so easy. It's just I've talked through and worked through a lot of these things. So they don't affect me like they used to. And I can open up about them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think just the ability to be vulnerable is so important for every aspect of life. Because what you said, too, with like deepening relationships with others, it's also deepening the relationship you have with yourself at the same Mm -hmm. time. Because the more you can open up, like the more comfortable you're being with yourself and you telling other people stuff and talking about things is like reassurance to yourself that you are able to do what you need to get better and you can you're not alone and there are other people Mm -hmm. you can talk about but at the same time you're the one making the decision to do this and and reach out and and open that up for you which I think is really powerful um and yeah and just to to that is yeah I think I really used to think that it made you weak you know showing Mm -hmm. vulnerability equaled weakness and so for so long I had this narrative that no I don't want people to think of me as someone who is broken or has gone through lots of things or you know they're going to create their perception of something else you know meanwhile this is just what I'm living and I think what everybody can take away from that is to not look at it as as a weakness because you can turn it into your superpower Mm -hmm. into creating change you know I think any any part of yourself that you think oh this is 
my low esteeming quality or whatever it may be, you can actually flip it and it can become something so incredibly powerful that you've created for yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And I think what stood out there for me when you just said that is like, when people are in that mindset, it's the victim mentality. When they think it's going to make them look weak, they're playing victim. But if you can understand that the adversity you faced is what's made you as strong as you are today, you don't Mm -hmm. look at that as a weakness. But yeah, when you're trapped in the idea that things are happening to you and that like needing help makes you weak and you can't face things mental health is a very serious thing and I think nowadays it's way more talked about and it's really good that it is because for even for our parents generation it was like so like that's it's it's not real and it's just there's still so many mixed views on it but it's like Mm -hmm. when you deal with certain things like there are times where you do need help and that's scary for people because it's true that you're the only person you're gonna have by your side your entire life Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that other people aren't there to help you grow and add to that along the way and when you can see strength in your vulnerability and not victimize yourself then Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna be able to use that adversity as a superpower for sure yeah Um, and exactly like asking for help is a strength as well exactly it shows that you're like capable of doing what you need and taking the action necessary to help yourself I think it's care of yourself and owning up to the things that have happened exactly I think I think even like yeah the victim mentality in my mind is and I've been there a hundred times but it's so cowardly (laughs) and Mm -hmm. we know that because when you play that card you are turning against the one person that you will have your whole life Mm -hmm. you are voluntarily choosing not to help yourself Mm -hmm. and that is not gonna feel good (laughs) no Um, no but yeah kind of kind of just to segue into the next question um what role would you say just general self-care plays in the healing process of past trauma? And like, what are some self-care practices that mm-hmm. have aided in your journey that you use on a daily basis to ground yourself and, and acknowledge mm-hmm. what's happened to you? I think self-care, just even the smallest things really do go the longest way. And it's what's going to stick with you for really the rest of your life. And I I think they're so easy to kind of slip away, you know, taking care of yourself in small ways when um, you're just going through a time of sadness or or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of forcing yourself until it doesn't feel forced anymore, you know, get up, take a shower, wash your hair, um reading a book taking a moment for yourself getting your nails done whatever it is it doesn't it doesn't really matter really but the little things of just overall making yourself feel better overall caring for you in the long run it will just be it won't you won't even have to think about it anymore but I think doing those little things even when you really don't want to do them 
it forces your brain and yourself to just feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're faking it and you don't feel better that day, maybe the next day you will, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really think it can be the smallest things, you know, like having a plant or reading and going outside in nature, even if you can only manage to do it for 10 minutes, I think forcing those 10 minutes can go a long way. Yep. Yeah. And I I really like that. I think it is so true that it is the little things that just, it's just showing appreciation to yourself um, and and being able to acknowledge your worth and, and prove that to yourself through actions. One thing that I, that caught my attention when you're talking about that stuff is, is like the forced aspect of the faking it aspect. And I think Mm -hmm. I struggled with that for a really long time because it is when you have been habitually living a certain way for so long, it's very difficult to change these things. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I learned that just made me so goddamn happy and I was like, okay, so this is actually like science that I can do. Um, but just like neuroplasticity and our ability to literally build new neural pathways. The reason we have certain thoughts and certain habits is because we have neural pathways in our brain that like symbolize those things. And when you're trying to learn something new, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the reason it gets easier is because you are literally forming new neural pathways. And once you get to a point where that is a new formed pathway and it's locked in, it's there until Mm -hmm. you have to really, really try to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think just knowing that, that like there is a point when it doesn't have to be the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. was really comforting for me because it it is hard when you're trying to work on these big things or like even just do little things for some people getting out of the bed and getting out of bed in the morning is the hardest thing to do yeah and I've been there I know what that feels like and yeah being able to just slowly take small steps on a daily basis can Mm -hmm. drastically change what your life looks like but you cannot be focused on the results you have to be focused on what you're doing to get there because mm-hmm. that's what life is. We don't just yeah. think about when we're going to die. Like yeah. that's some people do, but if yeah. you're only focused on the end, what the hell is the point in being here? You know? Yeah. So you got to focus on the journey and the little things that it takes to get there because there are points when it does start getting easier. It doesn't have to be the hardest thing to do for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Mm-hmm. And you honestly, you'll slowly forget about how hard it was. And it becomes second nature. And exactly mm-hmm. like you said, like, maybe pick one of the things that we've spoken about, and do that. And that, if that one thing is getting out of bed, then great, that's, that's your one thing, focus your energy on that one thing of just making it a goal to get out of bed every morning. And you know what, it is going to make a difference because each day, you know, slowly that one thing, that's that's super easy. You can do that so you can add another, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think you'll look back and be like, wow, you know, I actually have never needed to use any of these tools for the longest time now, or I use a bunch of them and I don't even think about it. And Mm -hmm. I just do it because it makes me feel good. 
And yep. so I think it is such a journey. So focus on what you can control, which is today. And that's it. And also I wanted to ask you on top of this is, was there any, I don't know if you've mentioned any, but was there any specific tips um, for every day? Um, stuff like that, like getting out of bed, like reading a book that you recommend? Yeah, I think when you're trying to change habits, um, the best thing to have in mind is that the whole idea of it gets easier applies to both the good and the bad habits. The more you do something, the stronger that connection is. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to also get rid of certain things, do it in moderation. Like you have to start slow and take small steps. And I think when when people are trying to build habits, like new positive habits to get rid of old things, a lot of people end up failing because they're trying to do those things simultaneously, both remove something and add something new. Yeah. Genuinely focus on one thing at a time. If you yeah. wanna if you wanna get into the habit of having being able to take action when you first get up, make your bed every day for a month. Yeah morning like the one thing one thing like that's such a simple thing that gets you on the like motivation train to take action because you started your day by doing something the first thing you do when you wake up is going to impact your entire day regardless of what that is mm -hmm. okay if you so if you start your day on a negative note like for me I was I had nicotine addiction for a really long time and that would start in the morning. If I yeah. did that first thing in the morning, that was something that then like became a part of my entire day. If I didn't mm -hmm. do that first thing in the morning, I didn't think about it during the day. But yeah. like other little things, one habit that I have found to be the biggest game changer ever is cold therapy. I will start my day with a cold shower or an ice bath. If you can do that first thing in the morning, that is mm -hmm. that is something that first off has a thousand health benefits that I don't need to jump into all of those. Mm -hmm. But the simple aspect of it is it's learning. You're learning how to self-soothe during a fight or flight moment. The mm -hmm. second your body gets shocked like that, you're in fight or flight. And being mm -hmm. able to breathe through that when it's completely activated shows mm -hmm. you that you have the ability to self-soothe. And yeah. it's a really hard thing to do when you first get started. It sucks. It is so yeah. cold. Your body hates you. You're probably going to be cold for a <laughs> long time after because your body's not used to that. But yeah. you'll feel amazing the rest of the day. Literally, one of my friends who used to work in the same company that I did. I was talking to him yesterday and I was trying, I've been trying to convince him to do cold therapy for so long. And finally he took a cold shower yesterday morning and he called me in the evening and he was like, this was the best day I've had in months. He was like, nothing wow. bothered me. I was so motivated. I got everything done. Like I am untouchable today. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not, I'm doing this every day now. But it's like, it's crazy how much it change your, changes your brain chemistry as well. I think it's like um, who uh, Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist, among many other things, he talks about cold therapy a lot. And one thing he mm -hmm. always says is, well, I think it's two to three minutes of cold exposure per day has your dopamine 
two like multi like twice jesus christ i can't speak has your mm-hmm. dopamine multiplying twice as much mm-hmm. like producing double the amount that's what i was trying mm-hmm. to say and wow. that's with two to three minutes and with the world we live in where we are so attached to technology and yeah. getting that constant constant hit of dopamine having mm-hmm. that naturally producing twice the amount by two to three minutes of being cold is a thousand percent worth it because then you go into the rest of your day and you'll find yourself not looking at your phone as much because you don't need that you're not looking for what's lacking and there's so many other health benefits but I would strongly recommend trying cold therapy to anyone who is lacking motivation or struggles with taking action and procrastinates and Mm -hmm. any of these things or even struggles with anxiety if you're someone that gets really anxious and does not know how to calm yourself down where you get in that physical state of anxiety where you're like shaky or heart beating really fast you can't breathing is kind of out of control just that sense Mm -hmm. do this because this Mm -hmm. is literally the simplest way it takes two or three minutes don't even if you're doing a shower do not take the cold shower the whole time you're gonna hate yourself Get in a hot shower, however you normally shower, do your shower, whatever, at the end of it, turn it all the way cold and stand there for an extra two or three minutes Mm -hmm. and then get out. But Mm -hmm. this will teach you how to have a crazy mind-body connection that you do not know exists and Mm -hmm. will drastically change your ability to self-soothe. But yeah, I think I would recommend cold therapy and again, just the little things, but moderation if right now you're at a point where you can't even get out of bed in the morning, start with making your bed. Look at where yeah. you're at and make the decision based on that. Because if you're trying to take step 20 when you're at step one, you're obviously not going to be able to do it. So yeah. build the momentum and slowly work through things uh, is what I recommend. But yeah, focus on the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? I might have one more question for you here before we wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I think you put that really well. I might have to try cold therapy now. Yes, kind of convince me. You, you so, gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> so maybe that'll be my next, my next move. Yes. Well, I'll ask you this one last question before we wrap up. Okay. Um, and do 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 do. Um. Okay. Actually, I don't have this one written down, but I kind of am curious with this. Have you found any? easy like journaling exercises that you can do like once a day or once a week even that just have helped you kind of work through some of the things from your past and kind of shift your perspective on it Mm -hmm. I think what I'd like to say about journaling is to just kind of go for it you know if someone were to pick up one of my journals and flip to a page you probably wouldn't be able to read a single word on it (laughs) you know like and that doesn't work for everybody but for me I just kind of I just write I just write and I see where it takes me and it does not need to be perfect in the slightest Mm -hmm. you know and you can start with what happened in your day or you can kind of get right into things and go for it and like really hit it head on of like how you're feeling but I Mm -hmm. think even just doing a quick google search if you don't have any books or whatever like this is accessible to really so many people is just looking up um 
like trauma work questions or shadow work is a great thing to look up um, yeah. or inner child work and looking up different questions and seeing what clicks and then kind of taking that and it's guaranteed to take you into somewhere else that you really didn't think you were going to go in your brain. Um, yep. <laughs> so that, that's what I really suggest. And a, a great book that I actually suggest that I'm slowly doing right now that has a ton of different um, questions that you look within. It's called Healing Through Words by um, Rupi Kaur. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Um, but she's written a bunch of books before and I really love her work. Um, so yeah, I think take it and do what works for you. You know, everybody is going to journal in their different way. And so don't think that it has to be perfect. Start it off in whatever way, and it's going to end up somewhere great. And I think to remember to add in maybe one or two points of what you're grateful for. And mm -hmm. you've got a great journaling day, you know? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Layla. That was, that was awesome. I think that'll be helpful for a lot of people. And it is so true to just get it on paper, whatever it is, you'll, you'll, you'll change how you write over time a hundred percent, depending on how deep you go. But yeah, it really is just about getting started. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that concludes us for today. I hope that everybody Amazing. managed to take something away from this. Uh, maybe find some tips or strategies that they might try out. And I also just want to say, if you are dealing with more severe trauma, that is something that you need to seek professional help for. Do not hesitate to do that. It is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of you caring about do yourself it. and you deserve that help. So thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Amazing. Thank you.